Welcome to the Fearless Woman Podcast. My name is Amanda Smith, and I am your host. Every week, we talk about all things business, life, and being a woman in this crazy world. I hope that you could take something with you today and build a life that you love. Liz, thank you for being on the Fearless Woman podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. excited. Yay. Okay. So for those of our listeners that don't know who you are, tell us just a little bit who you are and what you do. Okay. Well, my name is Liz Navarro and I am the founder of a communications business called Liz Navarro Plus Co. And it's for professional and entrepreneurial women. And primarily the way that I serve them is that I help them to get really good at being able to communicate, communicate their ideas and then put them in front of the right audiences so that they can activate new opportunities from, for themselves. And so I do that through a couple of ways. I help them write copy. So I'm a copywriter and I help write copy for a lot of well, podcasts um, and for people who do public speaking and for people who have websites and create a lot of website content or blog posts. Uh, I also coach people through public speaking mm-hmm. and I help people to be able to communicate those ideas in person to audiences too. And awesome. I'm a, yeah, so mm-hmm. I'm a... I'm an educator too, so I teach public speaking at a university level, which is really fun for me to do. Right, and you yeah. you teach at SMU here in Dallas. I do. It's I awesome. do. It's a lot of fun. So you are. It was really fun to like meet you and discover you because I think I I know a lot of people in like the creative space or like other entrepreneurs, like kind of in my field, but meeting people like you who are so focused on communication and like all things communication, um, is really refreshing because like you and I were talking the other day, it's refreshing to have someone else's perspective and, um, someone else that has a lot of strengths that like I might not have. And so it's been really fun to get to know that about you. So Tell us about um, like where this all started. Like, have you always wanted to teach or speak or like, was this like when I was a little girl, I dreamt of blah, (laughs) you know, like where did that start for you? Yeah. Well, I wish that I were like that. I wish that I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I mean, if we were to start when I was a little girl, I probably did know I liked writing. That's one place that I identified really early. I loved reading and writing. So communication was a natural fit, but Honestly, my career path now, while I can make it, it feels really intentional right now in the way that I serve clients. But Mm -hmm. if I look back over the last 12 years, I think it's just been a series of little pivots and experiments and wanting to try a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. Um, So I did study communications and advertising and marketing in undergrad and for my undergraduate degree. And I worked in media a little bit. I went to school in the Los Angeles area, so I worked in that region. Um, But I also have always been really in love with the idea of teaching. And I love school, and I just love that setting. And I've always felt really comfortable there. And so I went back for a master's degree in education. And that is something that I just wanted to have a teaching credential. And I did teach high school English for a couple of years. Mm And 
it's something that I'm just really glad that I gave myself permission to do in my early 20s. Because even though it seemed like a pivot at the time, I was working at Bon Appetit magazine for Condé Nast. And so going back and studying education seemed maybe a little bit random. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I work with a lot of college students too who are graduating soon and they feel mm -hmm. this pressure to feel like I need to know exactly what I'm going to do yeah. right now. And I tell them like, give it a little time because you'll get into your thirties and hopefully look back and maybe you'll have pivoted. But at some point, all of those things will connect. Like yeah. those things that you are kind of gravitating toward, you'll bring them together in some way. Yeah. So for me, after teaching English for a couple of years, I got this really great opportunity to teach at the university level. Mm -hmm. And that's where I started teaching communications. And yeah. so things started to come together a little bit for me. Awesome. And um, when I moved to Dallas with my husband a couple of years ago, I had this unique opportunity to try to get to take all of these little things I was doing part-time. So mm -hmm. teaching at a university, um, sometimes taking on clients in a more marketing capacity, mm -hmm. working with them on creating marketing content, presentations, things like that. I got to start doing all of those things on purpose. And basically I just, <laughs> yeah. And where it didn't always feel like that before. It felt like a long time of saying yes to the opportunities that were there before I just got to say, okay, now I can make these opportunities for myself. I can take on clients that I feel like um, really aligned with. Like I love working with women. Mm -hmm. I love working with entrepreneurs or people mm -hmm. who are somehow, who have a great and empowering message and they want mm -hmm. that to reach more people. Um, yeah. And so I get to be really intentional about who I work with now and what projects I take on, but yeah. it's nice because I still get to do a variety of things. My week never looks the same. Some weeks I get to go into the classroom and teach undergrads a couple of times, and then I get to go and have coffee with a client and talk about her upcoming podcast or event or public speaking section, and then I get to write an article for a publication. So I really like that variety and awesome. where like in my twenties, it felt like I couldn't decide what I wanted to do. So I tried a little bit of everything and now mm -hmm. I get to do a little bit of everything. Right. Um, but it's all under one umbrella in a way. Yes. So yes. No, I hear you yeah. And now in your early thirties and you have kids yes. and <laughs> tell us what, <laughs> pause. Oh, um, oh man. Um, tell us what that's looking like because I, so I don't know if you've read, um, Jessica Honiger's book called Imperfect Courage, but, I um, I love her I actually just interviewed her this morning and uh -huh. she talks a lot about, I mean, I think we can all agree. I mean, I know you just moved here a while ago, but growing up in the South, I feel like, or even honestly, like a few decades ago, it was like a mom does this. A mom mm -hmm. is with her kids blank amount of time and makes blank amount of meals and does this and this and this. And so like, I have that feeling. And I think a lot of our listeners have that feeling, whether they have kids or not, uh, maybe yeah. that's in the future, maybe it's not. And there's gotta be swirling thoughts, emotions, whatever, about being a mom and running your own business, first of all, but working, just working period. And yeah. so in Jessica's book, that was my point. Um, 
she has had so many thoughts of, you know, she would be getting on a plane to go have a meeting across the country and then would be on the plane and just be like, wait, should I turn around? Should I go home? Oh my, like, oh my gosh, what? Um, and I think I would really love to be proactive about that mindset of, you know, if and Lord willing, we have kids and like what that's going to look like. And I think especially for other people too, in their, in their twenties or thirties or whatever, and they don't have kids yet. And so anyway, I just want to hear kind of what's your experience like so far, um, as, as far as like, you know, you've been working ever since you had kids, like you haven't really stopped up, uh, not to my knowledge. Um, so. Yeah. Well, it's been, um, again, like kind of experimental for me when I look back at it. So when my husband and I first moved about to Dallas as a little bit of background, we were wanting to have children. And I actually, I had been working as a professor at Pepperdine university. That's my alma mater in Los Angeles before we moved here. And it was such an awesome job. And, but I knew that I wanted to have kids and I didn't really know if I wanted to work full time or take time off. I think for a long time in my head, I did think in a similar way to you that I would want to spend more time at home while my kids were little. And so that's one of the reasons why when we moved to Dallas, I was okay with leaving a position that I really liked because I wanted to have kids. And I thought that was going to be the next season in my life was being taking a little bit of time off of my career. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Surprise. I got to Dallas and I got pregnant and we had a baby, our first Lucy, and she's two and a half now Mm -hmm. and uh, almost three actually. And I kind of just thought I, I'm just going to be very good at this. Like it's just going to come really naturally. Natural, yeah. Yeah. And everyone talks about having those instincts and being really fulfilled. And I honestly think I set up some unrealistic expectations for myself. And I also think not to blame anyone else, but I think society sets up some unrealistic expectations for motherhood too. Yeah. Um, the reality was I had been living in this city for less than a year. We'd moved away from all of our close friends that we'd been friends with since college. We didn't have family nearby and I had left my career and moved to a place where I did not have a lot of career network connections. And then I had a baby and I think I had put all this pressure on this baby to fulfill all of these other needs in my life that would have been fulfilled by close friends and my career. I'm, I'm really achievement oriented which I think we have talked about before, but motherhood isn't something that people give a lot of, you know, achievement praise for. It's just something that you are supposed to do and to like. And so I found myself really, really lost (laughs) basically as a new mom in this city. I kind of had a bit of an identity crisis, not knowing what I was doing. Yeah. Um, But I was fortunate that my husband and I had set up our lives in a way that I was going to be the prim- primarily a stay-at-home parent for a short mm-hmm. season. For a while. And yeah. yeah, and so that did give me a little bit of place to move around and experiment. And one, I didn't have a baby that took naps. And so it wasn't like, oh, I'll just make a business during nap time. She didn't have nap time. So <laughs> um, yeah. that was not my reality. So what was my reality is that I started taking on classes to adjunct to SMU. Um, I started to find connections and network wherever I could. And I started to 
just take opportunities and say yes. For example, if I was teaching communications at SMU and somebody there was doing really interesting research, I would ask them questions about the research that they did and do they need somebody to get involved and how would a person get involved in that? And I started finding, you know, just new little jobs to take on. And as I would take on new jobs, I would get nannies and the nannies would fill in the times that I needed. And I would literally, the nanny would get to my house. I would leave. I would hurry and go teach my class. I would get in my car and come back home. That was all the time that I felt like I could justify being away and paying for expensive childcare. Mm -hmm. And over the course of my daughter's life, I took on more and more projects. I started taking on clients because my network was growing. I was going to these network events. I was finding people who knew me and thought I was good at my work. I gave a TED Talk because I wanted to, and I was teaching public speaking, and I thought, I don't know if I have anything to say, but I'm going to stand up there and say it. And my TED Talk was about side hustles because I felt like that's all that I had was side hustles and I could just talk. Oh, what a great time to talk about that. (laughs) Yeah, it was really timely and a lot of people could really relate, especially young women in my very similar situation, new moms or people who are trying to experiment with different career opportunities for themselves. Mm -hmm. And, you know, really after that happened, my business picked up. And as my business picked up, I found that for me, I, I do feel like a better parent when I feel fulfilled in these other areas of my life. And I know it feels a little bit different for everybody as a new mom. So I can't really speak on other people's behalf in oh, that way. Sure. But I just felt like, you know, I was putting this pressure on my child to be my friend and my <laughs> business partner and all of these things that I actually realized later on, like those, those things fuel me. So yeah. I, had to, I made new friends. I built my business. I did all of that really slowly to the point where when I was pregnant with my second, and now she's almost six months, I decided um, to go in full-time to business. And so um, that was, that's where I am right now. Um, I'm recording this right now in one of our guest bedrooms in our rocking chair, but both Mm -hmm. of my girls are in full-time daycare. And it's been, you know, some days are easier than others. I I definitely connect with your friend who's been on a flight and thought about turning around because there, there are some days where I think like, well, if I'm not loving this part, should I go pick up my kids and bring them home? Like, should I feel guilty about this? But I, I've kind of been working through that over the past few months since I've been working full time. And honestly, I, I really like my work. And I really am grateful that I get to do something that I like and that I get to work with clients I like and I'm building something and I have these two daughters and I want them to know that if that's what they want to do, that they can build something. And so I don't think things are ever fully in balance. You know, I don't feel like I've found work-life balance at all. Like some seasons are more work and some seasons are more parenting, but um, but that's okay. I think something else that helps me too is that I know that if what I'm doing isn't working, I can just go drive to the daycare, pick up my kids and change it. Like that is in my control. And I know that I'm in a, in a good situation and that I can feel like I have some flexibility, but, but I do feel like all of us to some extent do have that control and it doesn't always feel like it. It feels like we either have to do all this or something else, but Well, we're trying to make a lot of different people happy. 
Yes. Yeah, totally. Yeah. 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 So I'm excited to talk about the work that you do with female entrepreneurs specifically. I'm curious to hear what's one of the main struggles that you see or main issues like that people come to you and say, okay, I think I need your help because blank, blank, blank. Or once you get to working with a client, um, what's one of the biggest things that is just like a common thread in, in lots of different people? Yeah. I, I can think of two right off the bat when you ask that question. Let's do it. So the first, and I would like even put these clients into different categories. So Mm -hmm. The first thing that people come to me really often, and I was actually surprised at this because I wasn't putting it out there that I solved this problem, but people kept coming back to me with the problem that they just (laughs) like, don't know how to tell other people what they do. Okay. They don't know how to do that in an elevator pitch. They don't know how to do it on their website. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. They don't know how to basically put out there like, this is my idea. This is what I want to communicate. I want to be able to tell other people what it is. And so I think that for me, that's something I've been able to help people through quite often. Mm -hmm. It's just being able to get really clear on figuring out this is what you do. This is who you serve. Mm -hmm. These are the problems that you solve for that person. And this is how they feel after those problems are solved. And so let's communicate that in writing or in speaking Mm-hmm. in a really clear way. And I, I've just been really surprised also about how many people who I would assume are further along in their career than I am. They have all these huge accomplishments under their belt. They have a huge title and they say, I don't know what to put on my LinkedIn bio, or mm-hmm. I don't know how to tell people what I do, or I do these three different things and I don't really know how to tie it together. Mm-hmm. And I think Sometimes it's just helpful to have a third party, someone on the outside coming in and saying like, oh, well, to me, what you do is this. Is that right? And yeah, to kind of work through that process. Just to validate those things. Yeah. Yeah. So that's That's the first thing that I feel like I do for a lot of people. And the the other problem that I think a lot of people have, um, and this is for, I work with some entrepreneurs who are very clear about what they do. They're very clear about who they serve and they're kind of on a mission to serve them in different ways. And their primary goal is growth. Mm -hmm. Um, How do I reach more people with this idea? And that's why I love to work with people. Um, A lot of my clients have a message that is somehow empowering other women or encouraging or inspiring other women too. And they just, they wanted to reach more people. And so we talk a lot about what kind of content they can create, how they can put that content in front of more audiences, how they can collaborate with other, you know, like-minded entrepreneurs, Mm -hmm. um, how they can find speaking opportunities for themselves. Uh, And a lot of them don't want speaking opportunities for themselves. So it's getting past, you know, that initial fear of, I don't have anything to say to me saying, yes, you do. You do have something to say. Yeah. Yeah. And so... Um, those are kind of the two pathways that I think most of my clients come to me along. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's awesome. So if someone came to you, actually, I'm going to ask you the same question that I asked you the other day when we had coffee, um, the perfect client or a client says, 
I need to work with you because blank, or you could word it this way. You could say, um, my ideal client needs me because, or needs me for blank. Yes. My ideal client needs me because they have ideas and goals and dreams in their head and they need to get them on paper, which is my way of saying they need to put them into words and they need to put them in front of people who can make those ideas and goals and dreams happen mm-hmm. for them. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So what, what's been your favorite way? I know. So you work with a lot of entrepreneurs that do podcasts. Yeah. Who, like are either in public speaking or you're, you know, kind of challenging them, challenging them to do public speaking. Um, what's your favorite way to get them in front of the right audiences? Um, <laughs> I feel like I've said this same answer to like all three of your questions, but it's very <laughs> experimental. Then it's, yeah, then it's, it's important if you're saying it several times. Yeah. Right. I was like, my past is an experiment. My motherhood is an experiment. And also how I work with my clients. Is I think life is just probably an experiment. <laughs> yeah. I guess I'm just embracing that at this time in my life. I know. Um, but I think that I, I really, when I moved to Dallas and I was telling you that I got to this space where I felt like I didn't know anyone and I just had my little baby and -hmm. I was hoping, you know, be my friend and be my business partner and be someone to collaborate with. I didn't have a network when I got here and I had to, for the first time in my life, I had to create a network because when I, my husband and I lived in Los Angeles, we just kind of stayed in our little college bubble. Mm-hmm. because that's where we went to college. And so we didn't have to go out and make new friends. We didn't have to really extend our professional circle very much. Well, we probably should have, but we didn't. We just stayed really comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't do that in Dallas. I needed to make those relationships happen again. And so something that I feel like I finally am able to do now for my clients is to connect them to a network of like-minded women. And it's been this really awesome transformation that I came here not knowing it. And now I feel like I do have a lot of people in my life that I can help people collaborate with. So you're the one connecting them now. Yeah. Yes. And it's, and I mean, I have a long ways to go and people still connect me very often and I'm always very grateful for that. But I think in terms of helping people grow their audience, something I like about the women's entrepreneurial world is that at least in my experience, it has been very collaborative. Yes. And um, so when people need to get in front of other audiences, I say, so-and-so has a platform. Let's see if you can get on her platform and she can get on your platform. And make it Um, mutually beneficial. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And usually people are really willing to do that because I think – you asked me what problems I solve and one yeah. place, no matter where they are and in, in how much they've grown their business, they want to grow it more, you know, oh, they yeah. want more audience. And so if I can help, you know, one audience merge into another one, mm-hmm. I think most people do feel like that's beneficial to get those new connections. I think so. I think so. So that's something I get really excited to do now because so many people have done that for me. Every opportunity I have gotten has come mm-hmm. from, someone saying you need to meet this person 
Mm-hmm. And that has so drastically benefited my career that now if I get to do that for someone else, I get really excited. I love that. <laughs> you know what that might do for her. Yeah. So. That's one of my favorite things to do, especially now with Dallas Kroging. And if someone is new or, you know, we have a lot of new people at every event, I can say, oh, you're in real estate. Let me introduce you to so-and-so in real estate yeah. or this person's in an opposite field, but you guys could work together. You know, yes. um, it's really, really neat. And yeah, I think I agree. My experiences so far are pretty collaborative, but there's still those spaces or people or things or whatever you want to say that are not so collaborative. And I think that that's just where that's just not for you. And if that's, if you're not after that, then there's plenty of room at the table for everybody. So like, just go find it somewhere else. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think that comes from a fear of, Oh yeah. Like, I think a lot of us, especially with social media, a lot of us feel like someone's already doing what they're doing. Like, Mm -hmm. no, in some capacity, we're all doing the same thing or so. Yeah. Yeah. And so we feel like we need to be very protective of our audience and our space and our following. But uh, I mean, I feel like that sometimes I feel like, oh, there's somebody out there that's doing this already. Like, should I try to expand my business in this way or is it just saturated? Is the market done? Should I try to innovate something new? But Mm -hmm. I really think there is such an abundance and I have two clients that do two podcasts and if they're listening, they'll know who they are by this example (laughs) that I give. Um, Sometimes I help them draft copy for their marketing emails. Uh And in one of them, like, so while both of them are reaching women and both of them are empowering women and it seems like they have the same demographic Mm -hmm. in one of their email campaigns, I always use the word badass, which I'm sorry if I I said that on the podcast. That's fine. (laughs) I don't care. (laughs) And um, in the other marketing campaign, she always uses the word sister. And I feel like those are just, I I like that I write for both of them because they're not in competition with one another. In fact, they know each other, Um, but they're both writing podcasts that are meant to empower women, but there's an abundance of women to listen to podcasts and different people are going to resonate with badass and different people are going to resonate with sister. Yeah. And you know, in my business, different people are going to come to my website and say, I want to work with you on, on writing some copy and generating some content because I really like that you quote Ruth Bader Ginsburg in your profile. Sure. Yeah other people are not going to connect to me on that same way. Right. And so it's nice that even though I think we are, it feels like we're in competition, you know, we're really not, there's, there's enough audience to go around. Yeah. It's really interesting. Just as you were talking, I was thinking there are how many people in the country, let alone the world. And so to think that all of those people, I mean, I, I think those, that, all of those women could be our audience. Realistically, yeah. not every single woman is going to be, you know, let's just say in my audience. That's right. just not realistic or it's just not going to ha- like, and that's okay. So it's almost, <laughs> it's, and this is not to say anything bad, but if anything, I'm saying it about myself, it's almost kind of like, um, arrogant to think, well, all of those people could be my people. So right. I'm 
going to try to get them before you? Well, probably not, <laughs> you yeah. know? Um, but I do love what you said about there's room for everyone. And I, and I love the fact that those two girls probably know each other, you know, and they can work together and everybody resonates with different words and, and different, um, things. It's just so, so interesting. And I think if we can work together and find ways to collaborate and not hoard our time, energy, resources. And I think there's a fine line between um, people taking advantage of that and just mm-hmm. wanting stuff for free that they don't, but they don't have a relationship with you. Yeah. And then there's a difference between, hey, I'm your friend or I have a relationship with you. I'm going to invest in blank because I believe in your cause, purpose, business, whatever. Um, yeah. I was listening to um, I've talked about this a lot lately and I really think it's something like I've just adopted for myself. I was listening to, um, Allie K designs podcast with her dad called breakfast with sis. And it's one of my new favorites. Um, and they talked about just having an abundance mindset. You said abundance several times. And so mm-hmm. having an abundance mindset is a really hard shift for us to have because social media makes you feel like there's a, like you're in a scarcity mindset of, right. oh, well, so-and-so, so-and-so, and so-and-so are already doing what I'm doing. So I have to, I'm running, you know, then you feel like I'm running out of ideas. I have to blah, 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 blah. But instead of that, having the abundance mindset of, wow, that's so awesome. I still have my people, my audience, my platform. Some of that might cross over with them. That's actually kind of cool, but also, you know, so I just think it's so powerful to have a mindset shift of that. Yeah. I think it's big. I think so too. I think, I mean, I think the opposite of the abundance mindset is our constant chatter of not enough, which I've talked about and written (laughs) and written about it before too, but just, and I, I meet so many women who have that embedded in their head in some way. They're not experienced enough, smart enough. They're not far along enough in their career to do a lot of those thoughts. Yes. They're not old enough. They're not, there's not enough time. They don't have enough money. Um, and so really shifting that and it's something I have to constantly work on because I do feel like very often that I am, I, get really quickly into the overwhelm of Mm -hmm. I need more time in my day. I need more (laughs) clients. I need more people to help me. Um, but I try to do my best to step back into thinking of, you know, nothing has to happen today. Um, the growth is going to slowly happen over time. Mm -hmm. And just like I said earlier, when I work with young women who are 21, 22, and they're just about to graduate from college and they feel this enormous amount of pressure Mm -hmm. to have the dream job lined up and know where they're going to live and how they're going to live. And even just like you were saying, wanting to feel like, you know, you have systems in place before you have children. And I think there Mm -hmm. are so many there's so much pressure on women. We have to do so many things at the same time and please so many people. And we have our own goals too. And we want to get everything in place. And I've had to spend a lot of time trying to really shift out of, it doesn't all have to be figured out or planned out beforehand. 
Mm-hmm. And that's hard for me because I like having a plan yes. a lot. I like to be I very strategic. Like- <laughs> yeah. But um, that it's okay and that you'll yeah. have time and you can yeah. get to where you want to. And maybe you'll have two kids and launch a business at the same time. But like, sure. hey, it's fine. It's on, like, it's fine or if you do, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can make it work. Number one, I think this whole little segment of conversation is just a really good shot. Snap. Snapshot. I'm so tired. I can't even speak. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, snapshot of entrepreneurism. Yeah. Um, well, I'm just trying to do it and I guess it's right. And I'm just, you know, that everything that you kind of just said is just a really good picture. And I love having these honest conversations of the thoughts that you have of, well, I think I need more time or I think I need to hire someone or I think I need more clients or I think I need to like revamp my systems or whatever. And you don't know what's right, what's wrong, what's up, what's down, you know? And so that's why I think number one, I think having a community, whether it's like just knowing other people listen to a podcast like this, having people on the other side of your headphones or your car speakers get, you know, telling you, I get it. Or, um, having a local community of people saying, I get it. And like holding your hand and saying, okay, we're both in business for ourselves, but we can do this together, you know? Um, and then I had another thought I can have her edit this out, but I just (laughs) lost it. Oh, um, you said as women, we have to do so many things at once and we have to please so many people. And I think one thing that I've just been thinking about a lot lately is like, do we have to please so many people? (laughs) Like, I don't want that pressure. No, I don't, I don't have to please anybody. No, you really (laughs) don't. don't, You know what I mean? Just yourself. And I think if you're, if you're focused on serving the people in your life or the people in your business that are your target or your goal, then Mm -hmm. that is who's supposed to be quote unquote happy, or that is fulfilling. Kind of like you were talking about anyway. Um, I just think that we say that a lot. And if, as women, we're trying to kind of change that narrative. You know, I don't like saying that anymore. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I do, I say it all the time. Um, but it's just interesting to think about. Um, yeah. So I wanted to ask you really quick and then we'll kind of round this out. What is something very simple, very tangible that our listeners can do right now to, get um, a little bit more strategic about the communication side of their business, whether it be the copy for their social media, for their email marketing, maybe just like, what is maybe that first simple step? Um, that is a good question. I would- it's a large question, <laughs> but I'm just like, you know, what's, what's one tangible thing that they could do today? Yeah. So I start everything. If you have ever listened to one of my public speaking courses or um, my strategy when I write copy, and this will resonate with you, Amanda, probably because you're a teacher. Uh I feel like this is something I learned from being a teacher that Mm -hmm. will forever serve me in my business. But no matter what kind of content you are creating or writing, before you write it, you need to know what you want your audience to walk away with from that. Mm -hmm. And instead, a lot of times we just 
give all of our information out all at once and Mm -hmm. we just kind of make it drinking from a fire hose and we just try to like make sure that we cover all of our bases by giving every little thing that we know maybe so that we feel more credible or more prepared but instead of doing that it will save you time and energy to start instead with what do I need them to walk away with from this piece of website copy from this speech from this podcast episode what's the takeaway Mm-hmm. And then to work toward that. Um, and I think that to me has been extremely helpful in making sure that when people are creating content, they're giving their audience something that mm-hmm. they can leave with. It's Your audience do- has so much information in their lives. They don't want to have to listen to whatever it was that you you gave them and then try to piece together in their mind what to do with it. Yeah. They're not going to keep coming back to that probably. Right. They want you to tell them what to do with it. Uh-huh. So you have to be really clear and that will help you. I think that helps most people um, write a clearer presentation or write clearer website copy. Right. And if you're still struggling with, okay, well, I don't know what I want them to walk away with. Like, so what if I don't know, mm-hmm. then I would always say, start with the problem that you're solving for them. What yeah. is their pain point? Um, whether that's, they don't know how to do something, so they need a process or they just need to feel inspired. So you need to lift them up Mm -hmm. or they don't know how to put this information into an organized way. So you're going to break it down into three simple steps Mm -hmm. or an overview. Um, start with whatever problem it is that you're solving for them and then write toward that because kind of reverse engineer it. Exactly. Yeah. it'll make it a little more clear. Yeah, you're right. That is really applicable to teaching. And so if anybody's listening, that's a teacher, it's like starting, you have to start with, okay, what are our objectives? What's the learning objective? What's the learning objective? What's the outcome? Do Mm -hmm. we have any kind of assessment with this? Do we have any kind of like, you know, what are they going to take away? And then, and then you build out your activities or the information you're going to give them or the ways you're going to help them practice it or the ways. Yeah. That's, exactly. So great. That's great. I, love I, I think that entrepreneurs should probably get an education degree because <laughs> really that's been so helpful to me. And I'm always surprised, you know, people find that very revolutionary, even like people that are high up in their companies uh, and they give a lot of corporate presentations. I say, well, what do you want people to get out of this presentation? They'll say, mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. This don't know. is the topic. But we have to give this is the info yeah. we have to give. <laughs> There's this like very large giant topic and right. you have 30 minutes. So you have to say, what do you want them to get? What do you want them to be able to do or know or say? And how are you going to keep their attention? Mm-hmm. Um, just little things that teachers inherently have to do when they build yeah. a lesson plan. But um, we don't think about that a lot in business. No, um, a lot of people don't don't have that. And that's funny because, um, yeah, it's regardless of how your teaching job is structured, if you're a teacher, um, or maybe if you're like me and you're like, I don't want to teach forever. Um, I've heard so many smart and successful entrepreneurs like Mark Cuban or Gary V say, whatever job you're in right now, it, this is your time to learn how to be a leader, to learn how to be your, the best business owner that you can be. Because 
a job, you see the other bosses, you see the other people in leadership and you see, you know, if you ever want to be someone's boss someday or, or whatever that looks like. Anyway, so I've always just been trying to keep that in the back of my mind of like, okay, everything I do here can be applied to my business somehow. Oh yeah. And that's a really great, I'm glad you brought that up. That's good. Yeah. Um, okay. So tell us, um, before we go, what is something that is coming up soon? Um, or just something lately that you've just been really excited about? Uh, for me and my business, do you mean? Yeah, or, or anything in, just in life? Either way, whatever I'll, you're excited about, whatever well, you're going to blurt out first is probably the best thing. <laughs> well, you're a friend of mine. I'm excited. We actually just met in person. Was it I last know. Two weeks ago? Yeah, it was last week. Yeah. So I would say for me, the thing I'm most excited about in my life is connections, new connections with people mm -hmm. like you who are doing awesome things and finding new ways to collaborate. Mm -hmm. um, and like I said before, kind of tying together all of these really cool women that I work with in my life and finding mm -hmm. awesome ways for them to connect. I love that. Um, so that's something I'm really excited about. Awesome. I I'm constantly, I really like my work. And so that's mm -hmm. good for me. And I'm excited about figuring out how to, um, I, I mostly work in a client capacity right now where I take right. on clients and I work mm -hmm. with them, you know, one-on-one -on -one, or right. I teach a class. Right. Um, I'm also excited about experimenting. <laughs> you should ring a bell every time I say experiment. <laughs> on this episode. That would be number um, five. Yeah, that was chime. Um, I'm excited to figure out ways to scale it and kind of take these different strategies that I'm working with clients in every day and reaching more people with them. So that's exciting. Yeah. When you said make a chime, it, you know, those kids books that like every time you turn the page, it was like, Bring! yeah. And then it would keep reading it. <laughs> yep. Exactly. You oh man. Edit that um, in. I love it. I love it. Okay. So tell us, Liz, where can we find you on the internet, social media, all the things? Yes. So I have a website and it's Liz Navarro Co. Navarro is spelled N-A-V-A-R-R-O.com. So that's my web website. Mm -hmm. I have a blog there where I write about a lot of the things we talked about, mm -hmm. parenting, being an entrepreneur, um, strategies for writing and speaking. I have some free resources there for people to download. I have one about writing a great bio. So if you are someone who doesn't know how to communicate what you do, there's a free download worksheet for that on my website. I am on social media. I would say Instagram's my favorite. And I'm on that at Liz Rose Navarro. So you can find a hundred pictures of my children there primarily. That's so great. I love it. <laughs> yes. Awesome. And I'm excited. I'm excited too. Um, and I'm excited for just the things to come that you and I are going to get to do together. And, um, even as we talk today, I'm, I'm thinking of like a couple of other women that I'm like, why have I not connected them with her yet? <laughs> so <laughs> I'm excited, but Liz, thank, thank you for you. sharing your time with us today and just sharing your, um, your honesty and your experience that we just really appreciate you being on the show today. Thank you for so much for having me. It's yeah. been fun as always. Thanks. Thank you.